everyone. This is Mike Linstead, president and co-founder of the Nehemiah Project, and you are listening to the Nehemiah Project podcast, where we replace hopelessness with hope. Well, we're on episode number 22 of our weekly snippet of encouragement. And as always, I'm here with my ministry partner, my friend, and my pastor, Mr. Chad Wiles. Chad, how you doing? What's up, Mikey? It, it is crazy to think we've done this for 22 weeks now. 22 weeks, we have done a weekly snippet of encouragement. And... Mm-hmm. We're almost coming up on our year-long celebration yeah. um, of doing this podcast for one year. That's right. Uh, our first podcast was September 20th of 2020. Oh, what a year that mm-hmm. was. And I definitely encourage you, if, you, if you're not, go listen to our Thursday episodes. We're talking about p- pornography right now, yeah. which is a major issue. Addiction to pornography mm-hmm. is something that... Um, I love how you use the image of an ostrich with their head in the sand, you know, mm-hmm. Chad, on... On well, our first episode, it's, it, the addiction to pornography is something that most people mm-hmm. don't even consider right. when we think about addiction. We think about drug addiction or alcohol mm-hmm. addiction, but dude, pornography is ravaging relationships it's, right now. It's real. It's very real. And it's one of the reasons why I use that analogy is we all see, you know, we're yelling in the streets about drugs, but we're just pacifying you know, the sex culture in our world and, mm-hmm. and pretending like it's not that big of a deal when... Yeah. When you really look at the statistics, which I won't spoil it, go listen to our episode right. that you read from some of those websites. It's mind-boggling. Yeah, the first episode, we, we read off some really, really gnarly. I'll just say it that mm-hmm. way. Really, really gnarly statistics. So, yeah, go listen to um, those episodes. Um, and without further ado, let's get into Proverbs 22. That rhymed. So like usual, we're going to do a reading of this in a popcorn style. So I'll read one verse, Chad will read one verse, then we'll circle back and we'll make some commentary. But before we begin, I do want to mention that halfway through this chapter, specifically in verse 17, there begins a section of the book of Proverbs Mm -hmm. um, that spans from 22.17 all the way to chapter 24, verse 34, uh, that has not been written by Solomon. Mm-hmm. Um, he did compile these 77 Proverbs that are found in that section, but he did not write them. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to throw that out there, uh, take it for what it's worth. Um, but we're going to read through the entire chapter of chapter 22. Verse one says this, a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches and favor is better than silver or gold. The rich and the poor meet together. The Lord is the maker of them all. The prudent sees danger and hides himself, but the simple go on and suffer for it. The reward of for humility and fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. Thorns and snares are in the way of the crooked. Whoever guards his soul will keep far from them. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. The rich rules over the poor and the borrower is the slave of the lender. Whoever sows injustice will reap calamity, and the rod of his fury will fail. Whoever has a bountiful eye will be blessed, for he shares his bread with the poor. Drive out a scoffer, and strive, w- w- strife will go out, and quarreling and abuse will cease. He who loves purity of heart and whose speech is gracious will have the king as his friend. The eyes of the Lord keep watch over knowledge but he overthrows the words of the traitor. The sluggard says, there's a lion outside. I shall be killed in the streets. The mouth of a forbidden woman is a deep pit. He with whom the Lord is angry will fall into it. Folly is bound up 
in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline drives it far from him. Whoever oppresses the poor to increase his own wealth or gives to the rich will only come to poverty. Incline your ear and hear the words of the wise and apply your heart to my knowledge. For it will be pleasant if you keep them within you, if all of them are ready on your lips. That your trust may be in the Lord, I have made them known to you today, even to you. Have I not written for you thirty sayings of counsel and knowledge? To make you know what is right and true, that you may give a true answer to those who sent you? Do not rob the poor because he is poor, or crush the afflicted at the gate. For the Lord will plead their cause and rob of life those who rob them. Make no friendship with a man given to anger, nor go with a wrathful man. Lest you learn his ways and entangle yourself in a snare. But not one of those who give pledges, who put up security for debts. If you have nothing with which to pay, why should your bed be taken from under you? Do not move the ancient landmark that your fathers have set. Do you see a skillful man in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. And that concludes his 22nd chapter. So let's circle back. Mm-hmm. Lot of mention of riches, of mm-hmm. uh, wealth, of um, poor. Right. Uh, you know, one of the things that, I, that I've seen consistently throughout all these Proverbs, mm-hmm. Chad, is that God um, has a, I don't want to say it this way, but I'm going to do it. God has a special place in his heart for the lowly, right? Yeah, for, sure. for the poor. Um, and, you know, there's repeated warnings. Mm-hmm. You know, if you take advantage of a poor person, you're 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 right. going to have some serious problems from the Lord for sure. Because wealth doesn't have anything to do with human dignity or value. As it just it is something that you're given to steward, right? Mm-hmm. The verse two: the rich and the poor meet together. The Lord is maker of them all. Mm. It says that right. Yeah. Like, rich and poor, they're together. They're in the same society. And their humanness, their human dignity, if you will, yeah, is given to them by God. So when we afflict the poor, which rich tend to do out of pride and and arrogance, and yeah, think, I think about the politician or the lobbyist yeah. or you know some right. of these more sort of archetypal characters, right. you know, and taking advantage of the Lord's going to avenge the weak because he created them. Right. And we have the story in the gospels of Lazarus and the poor Mm -hmm. man, right? Mm -hmm. Or Lazarus was the poor man. So it's the rich man and Lazarus. Right. right. And you know, long story short, essentially 16, which one, where is it? Luke 16, Luke 16. And the rich man has this poor man at his gate Mm -hmm. named Lazarus. And Lazarus is just a poor soul. I mean, he's got sores. The dogs are licking them. He's Mm -hmm. just begging at the gate all the time. And the rich man, has an abundance of wealth and this man Lazarus is sitting at his gate mm-hmm. and yet he does nothing to help this man's condition. Right. So, I mean, the fact that he's rich has nothing to do with his salvation. However, we can tell a person's heart by what they do, by yeah. what they say, right? So the rich man in this story was not a believer in God, you know, through faith, right? He was not saved by grace through faith alone. He was um, a man who had his Hope in his riches, right? Mm-hmm. And so he, he he dies and he gets to the afterlife mm-hmm. and he can see Lazarus right. in heaven, so to speak, right? right? Now, it's What's not that? described as heaven. It's Abraham's bosom. Right, but right? essentially we know that's what they were talking about and where the rich man was was Hades or hell or... Yes, and he was burning. 
mm-hmm. right? I mean, he was on fire and he and he right. was tormented. And there was a chasm between them where he could not cross over to where Abraham or Lazarus right. was. And and you know, the rich man's crying out, you know, like mm-hmm. oh, oh Lord, just just tell my brothers that this mm-hmm. is real, right? Mm-hmm. Tell my brothers that this is real. Right. And he says they're not going to believe they have Moses, right? In other mm-hmm. words, they already have the written word and they don't believe that. They won't believe if if a miracle happens in front of them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They already have the miracle of the divine word, right. and they're still not going right. to believe. And Jesus is saying this at a time when he's literally doing miracles in front of them every day. It yeah. was it was an indictment to the Pharisees and those who were arrogant, who were watching the Son of Man do his thing and completely rejecting it. Yeah, still. and and I think the phrase that stands out most that kind of you know goes along with what we're talking about here is at one point the Lord says to the man, uh, the rich man, you received your comfort in this life, right? Mm -hmm. And Lazarus did not. And now he's receiving his comfort in the afterlife. Mm -hmm. And that goes to a deeper spiritual principle. If all you're living for is the here and now, then you're going to live your best life now. Mm -hmm. And we talk about that all the time. Right, that is a true statement. Your best life now, you don't know what that means. You don't understand what you're saying. But yeah, if you live in the way that the prosperity gospel would tell you and you get riches in this life, this will be the best you will ever have it. Yeah, the prosperity gospel is obviously no gospel at all. But even just, you know, the regular people on the street, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're living to build up their level of comfort here and now. Right. right? They, that, that, what else are people going to live for? They mm-hmm. have no hope of an afterlife with God Almighty. It's like, well, yeah, then right here is what we should be striving for. But that's a, that's a deception through and through mm-hmm. because there is an afterlife, mm-hmm. right? We are not just physical beings. We are physical beings and we are spiritual beings, mm-hmm. right? We're, we are divided up as such. And um, we learned that from, from the story of the rich man and Lazarus. You know, if, if the rich man was living for comfort now, that's mm-hmm. what he wanted. That's what he got. Right. Well, what you get in the afterlife then is right. eternal torment in hell. Right. And, and it's not because you hear us say, it's not, not because you have, uh, money. No, it's okay to have money. It's that when the heart is for self and rejects God on God's terms, then the afterlife, if you think about it, is very logical. It will be eternity apart from God. It's exactly what you wanted, and that's that's a place called hell. Right. For those who who make Christ Lord and count the cost and and live in such a way as stewards, not owners, yeah. and just steward what God gives and follow him and worship him and trust him with everything that they have. Well, they want God. Therefore, in the eternal life, that's what they get is God, yeah. Yeah. right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I want to look at verse four here because mm-hmm. it says the reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches and honor mm-hmm. and life. Riches and honor and life. Mm-hmm. The other translation that I have here in my Bible says the reward for humility is the fear of the Lord, riches and honor and life. And yeah. that states it a little differently. Yeah, yeah. Because the way that that translation states it, it says, says that with, found within the fear of the Lord mm-hmm. are riches it's and honor and life. life. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's not the first translation that I read, the, the reward for humility and the fear of the Lord is riches, honor, and life. It makes it sound different. Mm. And um, I want to just meditate on that concept for a second of fearing the Lord because that is the concept of Proverbs. Right. I mean, well, if, you, you, if be- you got nothing from Proverbs, get right. this. And it starts with the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? The beginning right. of knowledge. So 
there's a progression with this statement, the fear of the Lord, right? How it is the beginning of knowledge. The progression is this, is, is number one, fearing the Lord, first of all, is a reverential awe and admiration, right? It's a submissive fear. It's a submissive fear, which is foundational for all spiritual knowledge and wisdom. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's what it is, a reverential awe and admiration mm-hmm. that is expressed through submissive fear, right? Submissive means that the authority of my life is the word of God. Mm. Whatever it says, I will gladly do because I love God. I fear God. And, you know, I've heard some people try to use the, you know, they try to take, they try to remove the fear Mm. from the fear of the Lord. No, like I actually fear God. Right, he is God. He is all powerful. He's my heavenly father. I know that he doesn't have any wrath for me. Mm -hmm. I also don't want to be chastised by my father. (laughs) No, yeah. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yes, it's a healthy fear Right. of the only uncreated one. Reverence, respect, all those things. So so I, I don't like when people try to remove that element from they this. Shouldn't. Don't don't try to take God off the hook, so to speak. Like God is happy to leave himself on it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? God God is God. Mm-hmm. Just let him be God. Yeah, if he created the entire universe and if you incur his wrath without the blood of Christ, you should fear. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and even if you have your sins paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ, you should still fear the chastisement of God. Right. Although he does it out of love, chastisement never feels good. Mm-mm. I mean, no, it does not. I mean, even it says in our proverb that folly is bound up in the heart of the child and the rod of discipline drives it far from him. The rod of discipline, right? Mm-hmm. Loving parents will discipline their children because they love them. Absolutely. And the Lord does the same thing. Getting back to the progression of the fear of the Lord, the first part of this progression is teaching about God. The second is learning about God. And then it progresses into fearing God, right? So, because mm-hmm. you learn more about Him, and He's awesome. He's dreadful. Right. He's He's a jealous God. He's mighty. Right? He yearns over the Spirit that He's placed within you, right? Mm-hmm. Then fearing the, the Lord moves into knowing God, right? This is where the intimacy begins to develop. That's the fifth mm-hmm. step: intimacy with God and His wisdom, right? The fear of the Lord is a state of mind mm-hmm. in which one's own attitudes, wills feelings, Mm. deeds, and goals are exchanged for God's. Mm. You see what we're saying here, everyone, that the beginning of wisdom, it it makes perfect sense when we understand that progression there. Yeah, and it's it's important. Let's just take creation as a good example. God created all things. And so when you stand outside in the middle of a thunderstorm and the wind is thrashing and the lightning's cracking and that's God, just mm. as much as that beautiful sunrise is mm. God. It's his creation. It's his creation. Those, those should create in us this healthy love of our beautiful creator that creates those sunsets, but a, a healthy respect for that same God that can can drum up a storm at any moment and yeah. destroy everything in its path. I mean, if, if this, like I was actually, this, that reminded me of this uh, last year, there's I think like nine hurricanes or something like that. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and um, I went over to my in-law's house to ride one of the storms out mm-hmm. and me and my father-in-law were standing out in his front porch and he's got a big, you know, brick house, right? So we're standing on the porch and we weren't getting hit by any of the wind, but I'm from California, dude. This was the first like real hurricane <laughs> that I experienced. Yeah. And it was like, it was gnarly. It was awesome, you know? But there's one point where the gust picked up and I had never seen like matter move mm. the way that it moved for like this split second. I was like, wh- I mean, people can't see my face right now, mm. but you can't, like, <laughs> I was like, oh 
my, you know, I wanted yeah. to call out to the Lord because it was just an awesome yeah. display of like nature's fury, right? Mm-hmm. Well, who's the God of nature? Right. It's Yahweh, it's the God of the Bible. That's right. And and if that can mm. scare me that much, right. how much more so then the yeah. uncreated creator of all That's things? That's right. Paul Tripp says it this way. He wrote a book called The Awe of God. Mm. And our, we talk about a worship problem and he's he's saying the same thing, but he defines it as the awe of God. Like mm. when we talk about worship, of when you, when you're in awe of something, when when it strikes in you, uh, fear, a uh, love, uh, a beauty, uh, all at one time, right? Mm-hmm. When you just see, when you see something, you're just amazed. And the same way that you know you look at an ocean and and it never ends, and there's this feeling of being very small, or stand on top of a mountain and feeling very yeah. small. Yeah. So that's a glimpse into how we should view the God of the universe, right? Absolutely. The last um, one that I want to focus on is verse 11. He who loves purity of heart mm. and whose speech is gracious will have the king as his friend. Yeah. Now, the example that popped up into my mind, Chad, was Daniel. Mm. I'm reading through Daniel. Um, I've been reading through Daniel for the past couple of days now and just continuing just to mull over it because it's so rich. Mm-hmm. And primarily why I'm reading it is not so much for the es- you know, eschatological knowledge you can get from it, the end of times sort of things. I'm reading it because I want to see the character of Daniel. Mm-hmm. You know, here's a young kid. He's a teenager, right? Mm-hmm. In chapter one, we meet him. And it says in verse uh, three, it says, then king, the king commanded, this is King Nebuchadnezzar, says the king commanded Ashpenaz, his chief eunuch, to bring some of the people of Israel, both of the royal family and of the nobility, youths without blemish, of good appearance and skillful in all wisdom, endowed with, with knowledge, understanding, learning, and competent to stand in the king's palace to teach them the literature and language of the Chaldeans. So first of all, we find out that Daniel's all of those things, right? He's, and he's, he's a youth, mm-hmm. right? And the program that Nebuchadnezzar wants to put forward is a brainwashing program. Mm-hmm. Well, they want to teach them the literature and language of the Chaldeans, right? Mm-hmm. To brainwash them. Daniel, his first test is he has to eat the king's food and drink the king's wine. Mm-hmm. And this is in verse uh, six, or verse eight, rather. It says, uh, in response to those things, but Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that the king, that the king drank. Mm-hmm. This is a young kid right. who has a conviction that I'm gonna do what God wants me to do. Why? Because I fear him, mm-hmm. right? And so going back to our proverb, he who loves purity of heart, right? That's what God loves. God loves a pure <laughs> heart, right? He whose speech is gracious. Well, we know out of the uh, overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? That's right. But God loves gracious speech. We'll have the king as his friend, even mm-hmm. if the king is a wicked Gentile ruler right. from Babylon. Right. Right? He had the favor. He had the favor of, of, the, of the wicked king, you know? Yeah. And, um, and that's encouraging to us as Christians, right? Growing up, uh, living in a culture that is becoming mm-hmm. increasingly hostile to the word of God and right. the proclamation of the true word. And then we see the parallels to this. We can end with this, but just verse 10, we see 13, 14, all these different iterations of those who would not fear the Lord or mm-hmm. not have purity of heart, right? Verse 10 is about the scoffer, right? Who's out stirring up strife and mm-hmm. and the and quarreling and, and abuse. He says, and strife will go out, drive out the scoffer, meaning get rid of him, mm-hmm. you know? So... We got that parallel of a purity of heart it has a favor of the king, but 
the scoffer, man, just drive that dude out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it only brings about hardship and quarreling and abuse. Mm-hmm. Or the sluggard of who won't work and will make up lies and fears of, you know, for why he doesn't go out of, there's a line. There might be a line in the streets, right? Mm-hmm. Could be, but probably not. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Or the forbidden woman, you know, mm-hmm. the mouth of a forbidden woman is a deep pit. He with whom the Lord is angry will fall into it. Wow. So we just see, we constantly see the fear of the Lord have this characteristic of one who's humble, one who has favor of the king, mm-hmm. one who the Lord sees and, and they have life and mm-hmm. riches and honor, contrasted yeah. with those who are selfish, prideful, arrogant, mm-hmm. bring up, have all kinds of consequences for their sin in many different ways. Yeah. I want to just end it with this verse from Titus. He says this, but... Uh, no, I'm going, to end, I'm going to start at a verse uh, 3 in chapter 3 of Titus. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy. Uh, listener, I just want to encourage you, if you don't know the mm-hmm. Lord, um, he has made a provision for you to know him, and that is through his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through him. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bible has stood the test of time. God says that the heavens and earth will pass away, but his word will never pass away. Uh, if you don't know him, I would encourage you to try to get to know him. Open up the Bible, start at the Gospel of John, begin to read it, Ask tough questions, but do it with a heart of truth-seeking. And uh, the Bible says that if you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. I want to encourage you with that. And thank you for listening to another episode of our weekly snippet of encouragement on the Nehemiah Project podcast. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Nehemiah Project podcast. For more resources about addiction recovery, suicide prevention, and overcoming other life-controlling issues, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram and visit our website, tnproject.org. If you or someone you love is struggling, don't hesitate to reach out to us by calling 985-205-3022.